I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, guys, to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones. With me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. A little bit more chipper this week. Um, I do want to apologise. I did sound a little bit off last week. Um, I just had my COVID jab, my fourth one, and I was feeling really down. I actually still have a slight cold, so I apologise if I sound a bit nasal. Um, it is bec- not because I'm trying to sound funny. It is because I am, unfortunately, ever so slightly blocked or a slight cold. Can't see me shake them this season. Uh, it's just what it is. I'm so sick of the cold. I can't wait for it to come into the warmth. Now, uh, interestingly, uh, good segue. I'm about to talk about Witchery and Witchery's new album, Nightside. Um, now, Witchery, if you don't know who they are, uh, are one of the forerunners or four, I think one of the leaders in the um, sort of second wave of uh, Swedish black metal but they call themselves black and thrash uh, and I think that's probably a very good apt term I think there's also black and doom you could probably put in that one as well um, so which are we reformed if you don't know them um, in 1997 from the sort of shells of a burnt out um, group called satanic slaughter most of the band um, went on to reform um, witchery so that's that, that with um Patrick Jensen from The Haunted, uh, Ricard P- uh, Pimfork, vo- uh, vocalist from Toxine, uh, Seance and Total Death, and drummer Mike from Seance, and bass um, Shuri D'Angelo, who also went on to uh, play The Arch Enemy and Merciful Fate. Um, I first saw them, well, I've actually only seen them once, to be honest, I first saw them. I only saw them once uh, on an amazing triple header. Uh, here in Canberra, um, it was the Haunted Witchery and at the Gates. Uh, it was I had had a just prior to that quite a bad accident, so I was sort of I had broken elbows and broken wrists, only just prior to that, and so I just came out of all the casts. So I was a bit um, a little bit ginger, uh, and but 
it was a good it was at the at the basement and it, it went off I must admit I d- didn't really enjoy at the gates uh, I, they were the ones I really wanted to see because they're the ones that I sort of knew more of but to be fair witchery blew them out of the water by a long way when they did their version of Nosferatu uh, it, was ju- it was just unbelievable and Angus the lead singer I mean he's Swedish death metal singer called Angus it's brilliant isn't it um when Angus um, uh, came on with his death, you know, his, his, his uh, corpse paint, he's like six foot four and thin as a rake, and he he commands that stage amazingly. And, it, and I got a really good photograph with him. With him, I'll try and find it and link it and put it on the the Facebook page. Um, just really, really nice guy. He signed a. Um, a flag we got from the in merch stand and some records. He's just he's just a really good guy. Um, but so that's my story when I saw them. So they sort of have have really um, sonically they have progressed um, quite a way since their first album, which was um, Restless and Wild which was a, a play on words for the Accept album. Um, sorry, Restless and Dead, which uh, and then the play on the word for the, the Accept album, Restless and Wild. Sorry, I'm using notes. I made lots and lots of notes. Russell, Russell, Russell. Pages, 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 pages. Um, and I tend to just scribble really quickly when I'm listening. And sometimes, I mean, I have to, I'm dyslexic, so sometimes the hardest words, you know, I can't see them when I've written them down. Uh, I always thought it was interesting that the word dyslexia is a really hard word to spell, even for people who don't have dyslexia. So, uh, anyway, that's a side note. Um, they're on Acropolis Records. Um, yeah, Restless and the Dead uh, was their first album. They gave it a cult following. Um, has, they, they basically have very tongue-in-cheek lyrical concepts and musical concepts They involving um, resurrection, murder, necrophilia... Executions, lots of morbid topic topics, but in a tongue-in-cheek way. Um, it's often seen in their story, in their in their um, in their uh, store uh, song titles. But they've also got a mascot called Ben Wrangle. He's a skeleton. Um, I mean, all good bands should have a mascot, shouldn't they? Really, uh, uh, but it's a play on words for the German word Beragel, uh, which is German for skeleton. If I've abuse that dear German listeners I apologise um, I did one full year of French at school uh, I looked out the window and daydreamed I was playing for West Ham and playing in, in, in Iron Maiden so I can say my name is Tony I'm 11 and I'm from England there you go it didn't help me when I went for my trip to Paris uh, this is well before the Grand Frit and Big Mac Le Grand Frit and whatever thing from uh, from the Tarantino movie, no, this this was, you know, we were there in Paris, um, could speak a word of the language, and uh, the French have a, a thing about, they're be protective about the language, which is understandable, um, Ligua Franca, and they just, they just, they did not want to talk to me in any shape or form. I, I desperately tried to kiss a French girl, um, that didn't work. Uh, because my friend had told me it was called a French kiss and he was two years older than me, the cheeky bastard, and I didn't know what he was talking about. 
I just kept trying to lean in and give her a kiss on the cheek. Had I known what a French kiss was then, I probably would have run away a mile. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, so yeah, so they so they've got this this morbid kind of um, uh, imagery. They've gone through quite a few lineup changes. I'm not going to go for all the lineup changes now because it's too many and it will just take up half the podcast. Um, they've made eight studio albums and one EP. Um, range, they've, they've, and they've had a sort of a, a gap, sort of a weird gap between the album releases. So 1998, 1999, then, then 2001, there's a gap of five years, 2006, a gap of four years, 2010, a gap of six, 2016, there's one in 17, and the gap of five years to 2022. So they, they, they clearly are not the most prolific band in the world but musically I think that sort of saves them a bit sometimes um, bands that are extremely prolific tend to water their well you know empty the well dry a bit quickly don't they um, so you, like, look at Iron Maiden they're certainly they're a prolific band but they certainly spread their albums apart particularly later on obviously first out the gate you, you're making lots because you're really excited and you've got all this thought oh, I want to do this let's keep da, 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 da. But then you realise, hey, I need time to to, to make this good art, um, and so uh, they've had several singers. They've got they've got um, I had to describe this. They've got their own version of Dio's horn. So it's basically a W. They touch their f- thumb to their ring finger, uh, and then they put the other three fingers in the air, which makes a W. Um, I didn't see that when I saw them at the basement, but then I always headbanging too violently that I probably didn't really take notice of any hardcore fans if there was any um, and it was a quite a busy night one of the busiest nights I've been at the basement it was a really really cool cool gig most people were there um, so the albums they've released are, if you're interested you've got uh, Rest, uh, Restless and Dead Dead Hot and Ready Symphony of the Devil Don't Fear the Reaper uh, Witch Krieg right, um, and then you've got In His Infernal Majesty I am Legion and the new one which is Nightside. I went to the I am Legion tour. Uh, so that they were touring that album at the time with um, with the other three bands. Haunted were great. They were really really good. Um, the only one that sort of felt like old school to me was Witchery. The other two felt like they were trying to be they'd move forward. There was a little bit of um, much more modern sounding versions of their original selves um, and the the, the, the um, Canberra gig lineup would have been uh, Patrick Jensen and uh, Richard uh, Rimmelfort on, on guitar Angus Norton lead singer that's amazing uh, Chris Barkin, uh, Barkinson on drums and Victor Brandt on bass oh no Victor Brandt came in in 2002 I apologise so he's he's a later uh, inclusion so I wouldn't have seen him in 2022 um, I may have done. He might have been the bass player. I don't remember. Now, so where they sit. So the Swedes uh, and all those Nordic countries make tremendous black metal. Um, they really do. I think they're the, the best at it. I think it's something in the water, maybe the glaciers. Maybe it's the fact that Sweden is such a happy, lovely place and so easygoing that there has to be a down, a dark side to them, you know. Um, a polished coin one side and an unpolished coin the other. 
Uh, and I think that when you flip that coin and you get you get people like Witchery and um, uh, and uh, the Haunted and and at the gates and Satyricon and um, you know Burzum, all these. I mean, these aren't all for Sweden, by the way. I'm just saying from that region of the world. Um, and I think the Witchery are more in in sort of in line with with Satyricon, particularly with the later Satyricon sound. A lot of people really dislike a lot of hardcore fans dislike the modern uh, Satyricon fan uh, sound. I I really love it. Um, because it's a little bit more inclusive uh, and a bit more uh, un- impenet- less impenetrable. Not that I don't mind impenetrable music. I love impenetrable music. But there's a point where you sort of also just want to set your hair down and enjoy it. And, and I think that's what they do uh, really well. And Witchery being part of that same sort of sound. Um, they also have this... Oh, not the mic. Sorry. Um, let me get my tea. Uh, it seems a bit more like um, definitely has really sort of a deep DNA with Venom, um, who are the who are the originators of black metal, who are the best in my opinion of all of them, um, and you know I think they've got that you know Merciful Fates DNA. They've got they've got Deep Purple in their audio audible mix. They've got um, you know, Celtic Frost, Hellhammer, um, they got all those sort of satirical, they've got all those sort of mixed in to the sound, and I think that creates this really deep groove, but we'll talk about that when we get to the album itself. So the album was released this year, um, just uh, last month in July, on the 22nd, uh, Nightside, it runs at 35 minutes and 46 seconds. Now that, listeners warms my very black soul when it comes to this kind of music because I want it to be here be hard, be fast, be gone sometimes when it's uh, I used to, I used to do a lot of running so I'd, I would run sort of 120k's a week on average and on my long run it was a 4 hour run on a Friday uh, I would like to listen to a lot of albums mainly prog on those journeys because you don't want to have to keep changing so just let it go through on this sort of meandering thing but when I'm doing my run I was running home most days like a 10 kilometer there to work and 10 kilometers back home I put on an album it's usually did that about 40 minutes or, or just on 40 minutes um, so I'd want it to sort of be with me for the journey not have to slow my space and pace to try and think of something different to listen to and this is the right in that wheelhouse 35 minutes 46 seconds it's um, brilliant you know it's not squashing itself onto a vinyl that compresses the sound Um, it's not you know having to put 9 million extra tracks in a CD to fill it out it's really exactly what people want and I think it's we should need to go back to that I've already had this discussion with you guys I'm not going to sort of go there again Um, it is Quite intriguing album because it's uh, a it's the, by their words it's a concept album. Now those listeners that don't know what a concept album is, those listeners to the show don't know what concept albums are. They, they they're an album instead of being a, a collection of seven or eight disparate songs 
with no real connection, you know, one song's about love, one song's about loss, one song's about my dog, one song's about my car, you know, whatever. Um, all written by different members of the band. Uh, most A good concept album sometimes is, is unrecognisable in its story. So it's a storyline, it doesn't have to be a story, but they the songs themselves generally connect and then um, flow on from each other. It's much more thoughtful when, when, when you've written the songs where you put them in the mix. So I think that this concept album is it's based around um, a uh, devil worship, witchcraft, um, satanic imagery, a, a healthy disdain for the pap- uh, papacy, um, the Pope that is, um, and it, side A, uh, we're going to talk about side A and side B. Side A uh, is uh, an easier, a lighter, not that this is a light album, but in reach of topics it's a bit lighter. And then side B, when you turn it over, it gets very hard, heavy, very dark in its uh, lyrical imagery and its um, expression and, and way it's expressed. Um, it isn't. Tr- I just. I just think it's. Um, it's very brave. It's very brave for them to, to do this because, uh, I mean, I say it all the time that prog is a four-letter word. You know, it's a dirty word. It isn't so much now because it, it's sort of trendy to run into these prog metal albums. You know, and people love a bit more integrity, a bit more intensity in their musical. F- um, Diet, but um, for a long time it was. It was really you know, hide, hide. You'd, you'd cover your eyes and you'd whisper quietly that you like Genesis or that you were going to listen to Yes. Could I have that in a brown paper bag when you're buying it from the record shop? That kind of thing, you know. Um, uh, there was a, a great comedy sketch years ago where a guy goes into a news agent's and he's buying. And he's got this big stack of. Um, magazines and it's like Big Tit Weekly and Wankers Monthly and you know Pink Plastic Donkey Buggers Manual Volume One and then he, the guys put him scan them and put him in the bag and then he the last underneath the bottom of the pile is a copy of the Sun newspaper British newspaper and he the, the news agent looks up at the guy and just calls him a pervert and tells him to get out of his store <laughs> and I think that's um that's exactly how sometimes I felt buying prog records back in the day, but who cares? I'm out and I'm proud. That's all there is about to it. Anyway, so it's, it's quite a progressive thing, uh, musically and conceptually and brave. Um, I've listened to the album now probably seven or eight times on since release, and I still don't get the full conceptual connection. I'm sure someone out there will tell me. I've done some research again, but I couldn't really find it. They, they, it's a bit, it's a bit tenuous, to say the least. Um, but it's there. Okay, it's there. Um, so we're going to um, go to an ad now. Uh, we're going to move over. When we get to the other side of the ads, we're going to go track by track into this amazing album and see what I thought of each track. Um, so I'm going to put my warm my tea up. Hang on, uh, and then I'm going to settle down so you will hear some rustling of paper and some flicking of things because it's I made lots of scribble notes there might be some moments where I pause where I can't read my handwriting but you'll get the idea anyway um, enjoy these commercial breaks and I'll see you on the other side bye guys
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, guys. Fresh tea. Uh, and uh, let's have a breakdown of this amazing album. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm not going to short change you. I think this is a five out of five star album. Uh, unbelievable. Um, so we start off with Side A. Uh, and it's comes Witching Hour. Um, um, this is a cracking opener. Uh, it's a thunderous drums. It's got... Um, uh, barrel rolls, tight guitar pieces. Um, it's got um, sort of cursed, guttural vocals. Um, it has this already right from the back, this Venom-esque uh, Welcome to Hell black metal f- sound. It, if, I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't listening to this um, when they were about to record this uh, this particular song. Um, it, it has a... a an incredibly middle, amazing middle eight section. Um, there's a stuff of nightmares. Honestly, it's um, it it's almost like a hallucinogenic moment. I, it it sort of 
There's an Italian movie, um, a giallo movie called uh, Orgasmo, um, and it's very much like that. There's these scenes where, honestly, we watched it, my wife and I, and we thought, shit, did we just take acid? Like, it was this weirdest trip stuff going on, just whizzing around ahead, and then it felt like that in that section there. It was very, like, very much like the eye of the storm to come in the centre of the storm. Um, the bass and drums um, just took my breath away. Like, I think that this is uh, mixed heavily all right through the album. In uh, the, the rhythm section is very mixed, very much forward. Uh, and I think that creates that cold, tundral darkness that the black metal bands of the uh, of Europe are really good at. Um, and so that's, I mean, it doesn't hang around, you know, three minutes and... Like all the songs in his album, most of them are three minutes. Um, there's a couple of one-minute fifties. Um, they just jump in. They they do. They they assault you. They steal your wallet and they fuck off. They they really do. They just take it and go. It's like a smash and grab of your audio audible senses. Um, then we follow that one. I mean, I'm going to be really quick. Re the concepts of the songs because, as I said at the beginning. I'm still trying to understand the concept of the songs. Lyrically, because I haven't received my vinyl copy yet, and so I can't read the lyrics, because normally I go to the record and listen to the lyrics, or I'll go on Spotify and drop the lyrics section at the bottom. They're not on this for some reason, and I don't. I have to wait until I get the record to give you the... Or I could have Googled the lyrics, I suppose, but I don't want to get it wrong. I want to make sure it's what's actually written for the song, not what someone's heard. Um, that was... It's a brilliant song. It, Witching Out, again... It, a lot of these do they take me right back to Venom I don't know I keep saying it but they're just just Kronos era Venom um, then you get Burn the Witch which is the me the one of the highlights of the album straight away second track in it's one of the highlights of the album um, it is groovy beyond belief like he has got a immense groove if you don't move to this piece of music um I, I think you must be dead from the hips down or something because um, it just moved me. The bass picked me up and shook me around. Um, the 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 lyrical um, the lyrical delivery is delicious. Um, you know, don't burn the witch. Don't. It's just it's just I don't want to ruin it, but it's amazing. It's very modern satiricon. This song. Uh, if this was on a satiricon album, I would have gone okay. Um, if it followed uh, Black Crow on a, on a tombstone by Satyricon and that, or, or King, you'd go, "Cool, okay, that's a great song." It is one of those sort of, uh, not use the word poppy or pop esque, but it has poppy feel, feeling overtones. Um, for me, it has that poptastic feel, pop, but just amazing sort of. Um, I say this entry level no it's easy into me like it, this one will take you so the first one smacks you around a fair bit and then this one takes you the way that this album goes it does go up and down in these sort of um breaths and this is that moment where it's got you just grooving it's on an easy keel um i just thought it was it has got um beautiful um palm muted um uh guitar pieces the solos are mixed slightly back um 
not just enough to sort of give you a little bit of uh, you know of a punch. Um, second. Sorry, I just going to bring my cup out of the way. I was going to knock it over. Um, yeah, so I've written Palm Delirium Drop Tuned Heaven. Uh, always really is, it's it's um, one of the best vocal um, deliveries, as I mentioned, uh, on this album. Uh, I think it's the best vocal delivery that this band has ever had, actually. Um, so there are, sorry if there's any hardcore um, witch, witchery fans out there, but this and Nosferatu um, have this uh, uh, sort of lyrical delivery that it's just makes you think why aren't these people more famous why isn't angus um one of those uh, the most sort of like sought after black metal singers in the world um he probably he might be i mean i'm just guessing here um yeah it does sort of um it's the sort of song where you want to be seeing it live you want to be in the pit right at the front you want to be joining in you know arms over each shoulders and head banging and getting into the rhythm it is very groovy I mean I just saw Led Zeppelin a few weeks ago and that was probably one of the grooviest nights I've had in a very long time and this would sit in that groove um, I don't often hear the term groove with, with um, extreme thrash and uh, black and thrash metal I'm sure you don't but um, it really is very groovy and uh, I just think I uh, yeah, I think it's I, one of those songs I've listened to the album as I said seven or eight times, and I've gone back to that one song. Almost start the album with that one, and move which witching hour down to the bottom, uh, down underneath it. But that's a different thing. Okay, so let me go on to Storm of the Unborn. Now I've mentioned this before. Storm of the Unborn is um, a story. It's basically a song based around Edgar Allan Poe's uh, ascent into the maelstrom. Uh, again, see, so the, the, these these um, these lyrical connections are quite tenuous. You know, witching hour. It's about um, you know, obviously about witches. Um, you've got your um, don't burn the witch. So obviously the trials of of, of witches and in, in the 16th century, 17th century uh, Europe and America. Uh, and then you've got you know storm of the unborn. Edgar and Poe's ascent into the maelstrom um it's quite a it does have this rhyme of the ancient marinere-esque feel uh, yes sorry i know it's both boats and that's not why i'm going that way but there is a sort of when i listen to rhyme of the ancient mariner i can get taken away on this sort of sea motion i can almost feel seasick sometimes with it um with the way that it it, it moves and and it and it um, attenuates and I think the same with um, this one so this one's a little bit more um, terrifying because it's you can feel the storm you can he's got Poe's um, allegory of uh, of a man descending into madness using um, the lost cold starkness of the ocean as a um, metaphor for the for his uh, own personal being and and his own sense of loss in the universe and and i think um it it definitely has it's the most progressive track on the album because it's sort of something you might hear on i said uh, uh, you know an alan parsons album or 
even not a yes I mean not so not so much the musical concepts and stylings but certainly the concept itself you know Rick Wakeman might have even done it once you know who knows right um it's you know so sort of thing you might hear tucked away on uh, an updated modernized version of something that like you know Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds um uh it it's just it was a single off the album one of the singles off the album um, it's the first one I heard off the album and as soon as you put Edgar Allan Poe on something and Witchery on something I'm sold so it was just it took me away the video is really good you can tell why it was released as a single the others are, are not really I mean there's one more we'll talk about but even then I don't think that much, much of a single version this is a good single though alright so when that finishes we then get uh, uh, Stent und Flammen. Now, again, please don't, German listeners, <laughs> don't come at me. It's 1 minute 45. Um, it is a soul crushing, heart stopping, uh, German English spoken piece of um, where they're describing torturing uh, witches. Um, it's very. Um, it's it's very um, you know Hopkirk kind of Hop, Matthew Hopkins Hopkirk Hopkins very Matthew Hopkins esque um, you can sort of hear the the, the thumb screws turning and the German and, and German German is a language that I am sure is beautiful and absolutely is beautiful like all language but it also has this ability to sound terrifying and clinical and angry and um, dark in sort of sort of equal measures um, and uh, and I think it's only brief one minute 45 but it captures that moment where I was I was actually I have to say when it got to the end of the song I wanted more it's like 145 where's the rest pardon me pardon me excuse me some more tea I had some of those, some burger rings for, with my lunch, and it's sort of coming back and repeating, uh, but not in a good way, unfortunately. Not like you know, only fours and horses or something. You always want it to repeat. Um, anyway, um, so the good thing about this is that these short episodes, these sort of sort of vignettes, almost, they punctuate the album to take away some of the. Even though it's heavy and dark, it sort of changes momentum that's where the progression is for me you know you're going in a straight line at 100 miles an hour and suddenly it stops sharp turns left and slows down at a different pace and different time signatures and it's just so clever um uh, it, we come into um the last track on side a and here's where the dark starts to really jump in here we come with the first single that was released off the, off the album pope crusher now it says exactly what it says on the packet. It does what you think it's going to do. It is a monumental and unrelentant and unapologetic uh, attack at the papacy. Okay, um, it is, in my opinion, uh, a thinly disguised stab at ghost. You didn't hear it from me. You only heard it from me, guys. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get there and cause a court order. But I think it really is. I think that Ghost, also a Swedish band, 
um, you know, started out with, you know, their papa, and I love it. I'm going to do a whole episode, episode on Ghost. Um, I can't stand them now. To be, I'm going to be brutally honest. I think they're the worst kind of kiss, um, kiss-alike um, merch-selling sell-out popsters. Um, but the first three albums I really love. And the first album, which I, I came across by a complete accident or in, after an interview from... I was listening to an interview with James Hetfield and he was saying they're the best thing that he'd heard in years. I hunted down a really rare 10-inch EP, picked it up, bought it um, for pennies actually and fell in love with it. It's actually how I met Benji, my good friend Benji, because he was wearing a ghost shirt and we got it chatting. Um, so they, it has some good things. I think it's a thinly, a thinly disguised attack at that. It's also obviously obvious it's attack at, uh, at um, the, um, the Catholic uh, the Catholic Church, basically, because the Catholic Church were along. I mean, you know, people. Uh, there is a misconception that the um, that the Inquisition was as bad as it was. It was bad, but it was. It's been been portrayed worse. Tokamada, um as the as they as the great mill. Uh, Brooks once said, you know, Tokamada the, the amazing, Tokamada, you can't ask him to, to forgiveness, Tokamada, ask him for for um, help, let's face it, you can't Tokamada anything, I, I think it's, um, you know, I've I badly misquoted that, but you get the idea, um, so the, pap- the papacy uh, were one of the main sort of uh, movements behind the heretical destruction of, um, of of witchcraft and um, ancient beliefs within within the world today I mean the the papacy I mean they are the ones that we, we changed the the calendar um, Jesus Christ's birthday um, Easter all this stuff which is pagan-esque and I hate the word pagan um, it, it's changed by them and I think that they sort of it's very single-minded this song and it does become very dark and it is extremely angry um and um i love it for that i love it for that i love it that it's that it, that it, that it bears its um its heart on its sleeve yeah there's been lots of um lots and lots of tracks and lots of bands from sort of mid uh, mid 90s onwards or sorry early late 80s sorry yeah um sort of Celtic Frost onwards where there's a lot of very anti-Christian and anti-Catholic um, um, sentiment lyrically, visually, um, musically so a lot darker and more uh, and more seethingly horrendous um, but this is a, what makes this one so dark and so uh, dangerous in that respect is that it, it is also so easy to listen to Whereas a lot of the sort of early black metal stuff that was, I mean, even Venom's anti-Christian statements um, are easy to listen to. And that's what makes that dangerous as well. Whereas the, um, in a good way, guys, um, what's make, you know, like the the church burning stuff, the, you know, the Burzums, the, the really un- impenetrable um, black dirge that come out of the, that particular movement, um, was dangerous because you couldn't it was 
I think they took it extremely seriously and you couldn't quite understand where they were coming from, what they were saying. Uh, lyrically here is quite easy to understand. Um, it's You do need to go back to it a couple of times to get where I'm coming from here. First listen through, you'd go, well, yeah, I get it, but have a, have a listen back through a few times and you'll understand why I think it's quite um, a magnificent piece of... Um, of anti-religious, an anti-papal um, statement. I know. Sorry, Catholics, Catholics out there. I'm not. I'm not anti-papal at all. This is just my how I am um, seeing this particular song. I, you know, I don't want to cause any any problems with people who have deep-seated religious beliefs. Because, as I said to before in the past, your beliefs are your beliefs, and that's what makes you you. And I think it's a fantastic thing, and no one has the right to um, subjugate and remove that from you um, I just listened to, listened to a great podcast uh, only a few days ago about the um, about a holocaust survivor and you know once you hear that you really I mean I'm being Jewish myself you know once you hear that you sort of go to yourself no whatever you choose in your life is your, is your choice you know anyway again I'm sidetracking Oh, and it's also International Cat Day today, so I'm going to give my little cat a big cuddle later on. Let's soften this. This soften the conversation. Let's bring it back a notch. I was getting up quite. Um, it was quite dark and aggressive and, and, and not nice. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so it's got a really great speed metally guitar kind of solo. Um, it burn. It, it's it's a kind of song where I'd like to say, burn the blue touch paper and stand well back. You know, like pull the pin and chuck the the grenade. Um, you know, whatever analogy you want to make. Um, it, it's it it's one of those things that you wanna you sort of wanna watch from afar and see how it goes and how it plays out. I might be over. I might be over reading things. I might be overseeing things. I might be overdoing it. But I think it was that way when I first heard it. Um, Anyway, we now move on to side two, the dark side of the album. Oh, my tea's gone cold. This bedroom's so cold, even in like you know, the last month of winter, but and it's quite it's warming up, but it doesn't. It's like the old adage, you know, the teacups are never big enough. The pipe, pipe, pipe pots are always seem smaller, and the chewing gum always loses its flavour on the bedpost overnight. Um, so we're moving to the second side. Left Hand March. Well, I mean, come on now. Um, those that don't know their esoteric uh, and uh, satanic um, lore, the left hand is the hand that, um, that Lucifer sat on, left hand side of, of Christ when he was expelled from heaven. And so he's, he follows the left hand path. That's why the word sinister uh, is a Latin is actually Latin word for left, okay? Sinister, dexter, so dexterous or ambidextrous, both, um, and sinister is left, all right? Um, and so you get sinister, all right? And left hand march. This uh, this is a um, this is a like a like a core to arms, like a war march from the what you left over from the Pope Crusher. So this is like the the dark side moving forward out of the light. Um, out of the darkness and into the into the semi light, um, 
it very much a doom song it sounds so doomy it's so deliciously doomy this is my second favorite song on the album it, it sounds like and i'll tell you what it sounds like when i put it on i thought i was listening to killing jokes uh pandemonium the 1994 album and the lead song off that album in fact i reckon the guitar piece on it not ripped off is the wrong word but it's very lovingly inspired by pandemonium um killing joke being one of my favorite bands of all time i think i've mentioned that before um it's got this uh, it, it's so heavy it's so doomy and heavy i was almost burnt double i could feel myself slouching in my seat as this music washed over me it was so um again groovy i mean i don't know i keep using the word groove it's so groovy it's like the most like some of the best modern doom there is i reckon this kind of, if they went and did six tracks like this on the album it'd be a doom classic absolute godsend doom classic um it's industrial because that's what killing joke invented so w- without killing joke no ministry no ministry no ramstein no ramstein and so on and so forth um so if you like your industrial music you have to love killing joke if you don't know who they are and you like industrial music you haven't looked into it um so uh i love ministry saw ministry uh, several times now um f- powerful powerful band live brilliant brilliant band life they man is that if that's not a, 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 a drug fueled fever dream i don't know what is um so this is and i've wrote in, i've wrote in big letters fuck this is what it's about um and it's exactly how about this song this and don't burn the witch just grab you by the balls and if you haven't got balls grab you by whatever you have and spin you around. It is unbelievable. Um, left hand march. I'm going to in fact listen to it as soon as I finish this recording because it's making me want to listen to it again. It's just brilliant. Um, there, what have I written here? Yeah, I've just put Doom Classic on there. I mean, it's so it's slow. It's down tuned. It's um, heavily rhythmic. It's pompous, bombastic, aggressive, doom, 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 all the way. It's brilliant. And then we come after that. We get that surge. Remember, I said it's like the, it's like you go a surge forward, and then you get a rest back. And under the altar at one minute thirty is a instrumental piece that has classical pieces in it. It has some delicious hi hat work. Um, it does sound like that. It's just just come off of Dreamweaver, like, like it sounds like a, um, an extra from Sabat's Dreamweaver, one of my favourite albums of all time, um, English um, thrash um, sort of band, I don't know, doom thrash band, just brilliant, if you don't know Dreamweaver, I should do, I'll do an episode on it one day I think, go definitely get out and have a listen, just brilliant, um, got that on day of release, I did. 1990, maybe 91, I'm thinking. Anyway, that's a nice little interlude, right? Interlude occlude, as they say in Blackadder. It's a nice little interlude. And um, moves on to. <laughs> Where do I begin with this one? This church burner. Okay, so clearly, clearly, you understand where I'm coming from. So, um, this doesn't 
pull any punches either. Um, it's one of my least favourite tracks on the album. It's the most extreme track on the album. Um, I've written here, Moment of Mechanical Madness. Um, it, I, and what I mean by that is that it, that it sounds like they've... They're seesawing. They're 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 cutting a door in half with a with a chainsaw, like um, Kronos did when he was recording black metal. It's crazy, crazy. It sounds. Uh, it is a I think a slight homage maybe to the church burnings of the 90s in in Norway. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a loving eulogy to it. I think it's just using that um, stark and really quite devastatingly upsetting imagery I don't want anyone's place of worship destroyed and, and I think um, I know where they were coming from um, because they're deeply um, pagan and again I'm rolling my eyes back up when I say pagan but you know it's a modern word I don't mean pagan you know I mean pre-Christian uh, and so for me it's it's that it's um it's very fast. It's very um, dreamlike as well. It's almost, I've written fever dream. It feels like a fever dream as well. Again, these are three-minute songs, so they've come and they've gone, right? They're, they're not holding in for very long, which is unusual for a, a progress kind of album, but um, their progress is not about the virtuosity of their music. It's about the difference of which they are making the music. Prog doesn't always mean about virtuosity. Um, progressive could be anything. It could be turning the the format that you always use into something else and go somewhere else with it, and that's progressive. Um, uh, it's yeah, it feels like it's an attack on the papacy again, but on a larger scale in this song. It feels like they've. It sounds like the first one was a, a call to arms, and this was a, an action to the call to arms. And then we move to Crucifix and Candle. Now, this is a fun, fun piece of music. It's um, It swings in with the Lord's Prayer, a bastardization of the Lord's Prayer, and I've always loved that. Marillion did it uh, with Fugazi. Uh, uh, Susie Abanchis did it, the very first gig ever, live at the 100 Club um, during the Punk Festival. Um, is, is something that is because the Lord's Prayer is so universally understood and, and people know it you know uh, they just know it even if you don't if you're a Christian and don't read the Bible you've heard it or know the Lord's Prayer right okay um, you know it's just one of those things that's always in the zeitgeist um, it's uh, it it really I've written here the most, it's the most accessible track on the album um, Angus's tones down, uh, tones uh, the, down the doom and the growl on the vocal, so it's a little more easy to hear. It's got a really snappy lyrical um, nuance, a little grab, um, and it demonstrates. It's sort of, it's like a the, the drums. I've written a demented thunder on the drums, um, tuned down, and it really gives that sort of surreal nightmare feel. Um, about crucifix and candle so again lyrically have a listen I'm still not quite sure but it seems to me that this is about um, a, a, so the like obviously church burner and um, Pope Crusher are quite obvious 
Um, crucifix and candle is about attacking, I think, um, the the ritual within the Christian church, not the Christ, not Christianity itself. I think it might even be something to do with the Eucharist, you know, which is the the transubstantiation, you know, um, which is the turning from wine from from wafer and wine to flesh and blood of Christ. Okay, uh, something that is you know millennia old. Um, it is quite a febrile nightmare song, and I think that it really does sort of, but it's softer and easier to listen to after church burner. Um, so it's nice sort of a, a, a breath back. But do listen. That's again one of my favourites, probably my third favourite song on the album. Um, and then we get to Forest of Burning Coffins. This one is very, very odd. So progressively odd, so odd in fact that I wasn't sure what I made of it. Um, it sounds like black metal, but it's played at the same speed that, say, Extreme, Extreme Noise Terror, a British hardcore punk band, um, the, uh, uh, exploited, um, uh, uh, what are we talking about? N- N- Napalm Death, not quite as fast as Napalm Death, but Napalm Death, Carcass. It has that real... Um, we're a punk band, and they may have been originally punk punk bands. I don't know. I'd look more deeply, but it has this real extremity to it. It's um, something King hit. So I got smacked in the back of the face. It's like smashed around the face with it. It was like um, I don't know. If those guys that live in the UK and were certain vintage. There used to be an advert for Tango, which is an orange drink where a big fat guy painting orange paint would go up and to people and slap them in the face in the street and then go, you've been tangoed, he'd run off. Um, and that's how I felt. I think I got tangoed by it. Um, it's quite jarring. It's quite... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if it sits. I still want the, uh, the jury's out for me if it sits well on this particular album. Um, I love the fact that it's different. I love the fact that it's um, creative and deliciously... Um, Alternatively and progressive, uh, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, the obviously forest of burning coffins. Again, you have to read into the lyric. To, I've got to find the lyric. We have to read into what that's about. Um, all I can think of is that it that it's about um, about resurrection um, and the the dark lord rising. Uh, that's you know I do picture in my head um, the Japanese forest. That's around the base of Fujiyama, about Fuji, where they, where the Japanese um, suicide forest. I, I, for some reason, I picture that, um, but that, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's up, and once you hear it, your picture, you make your own mind up. And then we moved swiftly onto the very tr- last track of the album, Nightside. Time to get your breath back, guys. You've just been gone into hyperspace. And now you're going to come back down and have a cruise um, with this many textured, layered, multi-tracked powerhouse of progressive black metal. It's doom, it's thrash, it's traditional heavy metal. Um, this is one of the best tracks of theirs they've ever ended an album on. Um, and it it's almost like John Carpenter uh, or Wes Craven, or Lucio Fulci, or um, Diamato, or any of those um, Toe Pooper, or any of those classic uh, American horror directors 
and European horror directors have gone, make me a song. I want you to make, I want you to put all your nightmares and all your phobias and all your darkest secrets and I want you to pile them into three minutes and it has to be three minutes. And this, to me, um, is it. Uh, and it is a great way of finishing off. Um, there's some amazing wah in this one. Is it this one? I've written... Yeah, I think it's this... Sorry, guys, my notes. Um... Yeah, I think it's this one. There's some amazing wah pedal work in it. And if it's not this one, it's one of the other ones I've just mentioned, but some of the wah work on this album uh, is beautiful. It's almost bluesy. It, it, as I said before, where'd the blues go? I think sometimes it comes back in this form of music. You just don't see it unless you really want to see it. But this is a lovely ending to the album. It's available on um, all formats, but you can get it on vinyl in red and black, limited numbers. I ordered my red copy. I'm probably going to consider getting a black one as well. And I may even get it on cassette. Um, it's technical. Uh, it's aggressive. It's progressive. It really blew my socks off, guys. I, I genuinely mean that. I, I mean, I listen to a lot of music, um, almost sometimes too much. And I put this on, and I was like, yep, yeah, well, it's witchery. Really loved I Am Legion. This is going to be good, is it? I love Nosferatu. What a great track. And then, like, it's just like, it's like when you put on, uh, you've listened to Peace of Mind, which is my favorite Maiden album. And then you put on Power Slave, and you go, what the holy fuck have happened, just happened then? They just took what they do well and went from 10 to 11. Um, and I think this is going to be up there in the pantheon of some of the greatest um, black metal albums ever made. Uh, big call. Big, big call, because we've got a long way in life to go and a lot of albums to be made. But I think this truly is sits there. Um, if you're not a black metal person and I know people go out there are not um, and they like their trad stuff and they're a bit nervous about dipping their toes into this sort of music trust me it doesn't hang around uh, it will give you a thrill it might even change your mind um, listening notes first listen to uh, Venom's uh, uh, black metal and at War With Satan which is the true gold standard progressive um, black metal album and then pop this in and it will yeah I think you might see where I'm coming from anyway enough of me jibber jabbering I'm close to an hour um, my throat's a bit sore and I'm a bit tired so I'm going to go and take a bit of a lie down um, I hope that you guys enjoy this album um, do give it a good listen please do come tell me, tell me what you thought about, about it on my Facebook page uh, at Heavy Metal Tones, I will leave a link below um, to go to it, um, and I might even—I'll try and link that photograph of me with Angus uh, as well at the basement um, a few years ago, 2018, I think it was. Anyway, rock and roll, guys. See you soon. Chat next week. Bye, guys.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.